Ken Rusk, a blue collar success story, vision, persistence, and entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive into the inspiring journey of Ken Rusk, a best-selling author and successful entrepreneur who built his empire from the ground up. In this exclusive interview, Ken shares how he transformed from a ditch digger to a multi-business owner, all without a college degree. Learn about the importance of vision, persistence, resilience, faith, courage, initiative, and entrepreneurship. Ken's story proves that success isn't limited to the educated or the privileged. It's achievable for everyone with the right mindset and determination. Tune in, get inspired, and start building your dreams today. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share with you a little bit about the guests that we have today. Ken Rusk is a successful entrepreneur, best-selling author, and blue-collar advocate who achieved his success through hard work in construction rather than formal education. Over three decades, he developed multiple businesses and revenue streams. He also mentors hundreds of young individuals in goal-setting, career planning, and financial management firmly believing that everyone can achieve their dreams regardless of their past or educational background. I'm pleased to welcome to the stage Mr. Ken Rusk. Hi, Ken. Hi, April. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm excited to share your story. It's not the common one, is it? And so, but that's what's unique about it. And that is what empowers so many others in the story. So let's get started and have you share with the audience a little bit more about you. Well, I guess you could accuse me uh, of being a blue collar entrepreneur, if you will. Um, and, and we'll figure out what that what that is. But, you know, it was it was pretty interesting. My I had a bunch of part time jobs when I was a, I was a young kid starting at 12, 13, 14 years of age because I wanted to do things for myself. And I figured if I could control my my financial gain, then I could control the things that I wanted, you know, new baseball glove or a baseball bat or whatever it was, you know. But my real my first real serious job was it, it, I was I was 15 and my high school shared a fence with an industrial park. And there was a hole in that fence. And my buddies and I used to cut through the hole in that fence after school to go hang out at the carry out. And it's just what we did back in the day. And I always was intrigued by these businesses, April, because there was always a lot of energy and a lot of pieces and parts, things moving around, construction equipment, stuff that young guys liked. And I thought, well, you know, I need to get my first real job. I need to buy my first used car, take my girlfriend out for pizza, whatever. Right. So I inquired with this one particular firm and they said, yeah, we, we're, we're basically ditch diggers. And I said, OK, well, I think I'm qualified to do that. So yeah, I started there when I was 15 and worked in the summer times digging ditches. In the wintertime, I worked in the office and learned how that worked. 
And then when I was 18, they said, hey, we're opening franchises around the country. We want you to do this because you know how to do it. You've seen both sides of the fence, if you will, the front and the back. And um, so I, I decided to ditch college and go for that. I figured that was as good as college was going to get, opening up companies with other people's money, right? And um, yeah, I did that for three or four years. And then uh, uh, we got tired of living out of a suitcase, moved to Northwest Ohio, started my company here in 86 with about six people. And I think we have nearly 200 today. So it's it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah. Well, gosh, I got so much out of that, Ken. And that's a very young age. You said 18 when the company was like, hey, why don't you help us expand? Because you, you've got enough knowledge. And there's no better way to obtain knowledge, I don't feel, unless you've got those boots on the ground and you really do have the different ideas and, and insights on various uh, avenues and, and directions within the company, you have all these different resources and knowledge in order to really share and lead others to do so. And something else that I heard, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that comes when you're doing career positions like that, or you're working on the oil fields or, or you're doing this and that there's a lot of travel and there's, there's not often a place where you can really stay in one spot in one location. And so what was that like for you? Because you said that you got tired of living in and out of suitcases, but let's, let's stop and share a little bit about that experience. Well, you know, when you're 18 years old and you're, you know, five foot eight and you weigh 140 pounds at the time, I think, <laughs> um, staring down a 250 pound union plumbing contractor in Chicago is, is, you know, that's, that's an interesting exchange because I knew what I wanted and he knew what he was supposed to do. So, I mean, there were times when it was pretty challenging, but I always looked at it this way. And I even write about this in the book. I never built a skyscraper before, but if I did, what would be the first thing I would do, right? And it would be, to, you know, simply to find some land or find the, the building or whatever. And so that's kind of the path that I took. I knew, I knew what the corporate office looked like, and I knew that we wanted to build many versions of that. So, yeah, I just kind of envisioned, okay, what will this look like when it's actually running? What would it look like when it's actually up and done? And I worked backwards from that point. You know, living in other towns, yeah, I have to tell you that. If you're not in, if you're not incredibly clear about what you want your ultimate goal to look like, what you want your life to look like, and and have actual pictures or brochures of that somewhere that you can look at, then travel is kind of a bummer. But I mean, if if you're focused on the fact that everything you do, every day that you do it, is contributing towards that picture or that puzzle that is called your life, your nirvana, then it, it takes a lot of the sting away from doing those kinds of things. But I can tell you, nothing, nothing that comes, nothing that's great that comes to you ever comes easy. I mean, with the exception of lottery tickets, I guess. But that's what makes it so much better, though, is the fact that you um, you live these lives well earned, and um, it's it's pretty cool. When was the point for you, Ken, where you really felt like you had lived a life well earned, you know, when you really understood what that meant? I, I would say this. I, I would say when I when I got to the point where I knew that this wasn't for me to do alone. In other words, I knew that I could drive a company only so far. I had done it six or seven times throughout the Midwest. But then when I got to my own company, I knew that I wanted to share this journey with with other people. And, 
you know, there's there's no hero in working 70 or 80 hours a week and, you know, beating your chest and say, oh, wow, look at what I did. I made all these decisions. I I did all this boss stuff and, I, you know, I changed things, altered, fixed, improved or announced or whatever. For me, it was all about can I drag some people along with me on this journey and and and, and have fun doing it. And and because of that, very early on, I decided it's going to be me as the owner. Yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. But. I was going to surround myself with what I call entrepreneurs. These are people that maybe didn't have the wherewithal or the risk to buy, you know, to go out and buy 40 dump trucks, but they certainly had the desire to work with and through an organization and treat it like their own. And I think that that helped out a lot because at that point I knew I could have an amazing journey and I could have fun with other people doing it. Uh, what's been your favorite part about leading and directing others in this entrepreneurship journey? You know, when you ride a bike and you take advantage of the fact that you know how to ride a bike, you know, that's one thing and, and, and you have fun on it, right? But then you teach someone else how to ride a bike and there's just such joy in doing that. I mean, you know, to teach somebody else how to run a department and how to do it well and how to earn money and how to benefit and reward themselves from this. You're going to hear me talk a lot about they, them, themselves, you know, that kind of thing. Not me or I. This isn't about me or I. It never has been. So. To see somebody else, you know, decide something for themselves or work a plan for themselves, create, you know, success for themselves and then reward themselves with and through my company. That, that's just been the most fun because, you know, you can be successful and be some ogre that sits at the top of a skyscraper and looks down upon everyone. Or you can kind of do it a little more campus style, which is how I like to do it and share, you know, share the successes with everybody. It's really kind of cool. Ah. Uh, that is very cool. I agree with you when you're you're really helping other people to achieve something that they didn't think was possible. So in that, Ken, what are some of the things that you do enlighten upon others to really get a bigger picture? Well, you can't work here if you're not chasing something. It's just that simple. You know, if, if you're not going after a goal for yourself, and I mean with a specific path in, in, in mind. I'm not talking about, well, wow, I wish someday I was taller or <laughs> I wish someday I could learn, you know, to do something. I'm talking about a specific path or a plan. You know, I, I want to go visit my aunt in Scotland. Okay, that's going to cost you $3,000. Okay, you want to go in one year? Okay, it's going to cost you, you know, 50, $60 a week. You want to go in two years? It's going to cost you $30 a week. You make the call as to how far out you want to put that goal. It doesn't matter to me. As long as you're on the path to chasing something and getting it done, we like to call it building goals with certainty. And um, we have this big display board here where you can write your goals up on the board and everyone else gets to see them and you share in this in the success of others as well as they share in the success of you. So it's a lot of fun to see people, you know, take that path. And um, if you're not moving, I mean, you know, we're movers and shakers around here. If you're not after something this isn't really a place for you to work if you're just going to kind of plant yourself and hang out. Mm. Ken, what is your your funnest success story that you've encountered? You know, you've you're guiding other people into something greater. What what is your your best story that you have of leading somebody into a new potential? You know, my my very first guy that I that I hired, his name is Tim, and he's still here 37 years later, and. Um, he, he came into my office one day and, and literally thought it was bankruptcy for him. I mean, his wife was having medical problems, medical bills, 
things were piling up. He was trying to work his way out of it. And um, he thought he was just going to give up. And, and I said, well, let's just do this. Let's just have some fun. Let's sit down and let's get some markers out and let's just draw what you want your life to look like. If you could design it any way you wanted. And we did. So we started with, he wanted a transportation. So we started with a new pickup truck and then he, he wanted to, you know, move into building a house at some point. So we went out and found him some land uh, with a farmer on land contract that he could afford. And th three or four years later, he pays that off and then he starts building his house. And so he's now been through two or three houses. He has rental property. He's got four kids through school. Um, he, his wife has a small business. He's got a, a, a little a little side business with that that they do buy and sell um, antique stuff. And, um, you know, he's got a really sound financial um, position. His 401k is full. It's awesome. And um, he's been with me 37 years later. I will tell you that every Christmas at the Christmas party, he's a big guy. He wants to pick me up and give me a hug and say, wow, man, I would be nothing without you. And I say, well, let's let's not go that far. I, I had about 3% to do with it, Tim. You had the other 97%. So congratulate yourself because you earned it. Ah, that's a beautiful story. So, you know, that's the beauty and magic of it, of the things that you're really enlightening others with. Ken, what is what is your own personal story that you have on this journey where you really were enlightened and you realized that you don't have to have this prestige piece about yourself or this education background and so, so what along your own journey, where it really was the biggest insight for you? Well, that's a great question. I, I would say that, you know, there's so many things, okay? We don't lead if then lives, you know, if I go to school and if I get good grades and if I get a scholarship and if I get a degree and then if I get a good job and if that job pays well, then I can start living my life, right? We live, I, I like to call it then if, I, I want to know what the then looks like first, so that we can find a path to getting there. Only one of those paths being college, by the way. I mean, there's like six starter paths to success. Only one of them is is, is going to college. But yeah, for, for me, it was all about knowing that um, that you can control your life. I mean, nobody else knows what your favorite color is, your favorite car is, what your favorite house might look like, what your favorite pet might be, a dog or a cat, what, what color, what would you name it? Nobody knows what your favorite vacation might look like or your favorite pastime, your hobby, your sport, your spiritual moment, your give back, your charity. Nobody knows that but you. So why are you relying on so many other people to shape that for you? Why are you relying on other people to say, well, you got to do this so that you can do that? Baloney, you know who you are. You and only you know what your, your nirvana looks like, what I call comfort, peace, and freedom in, in my book. So why aren't you listening to yourself? And following that path, I think, I think that to, that to me is where the magic really lies because we are a lot more in control of ourselves than than we give ourselves credit for. Mm. Well, I heard a lot out of that. the The comfort, peace, and freedom is something that I, I would love to shed a little bit more light on. And definitely, this is something you're you're talking about beginning with the end in mind rather than living in the past or by other people's or societal's expectations. So, so much of that comes into the awareness of us because that's really how we're shaped to think is to, to go in course of societal expectations because 
you know, more of us have deemed that that's the right path, right? To go to school, to get the good job, to do all these things when that's not necessarily the course that is for our own best interest or the world's best interest. Well, you know, I, I've said this a lot. So I'm a ditch digger. Okay. Um, now, have I grown the business to that? Yeah, I, I have now I have several different construction things that we do and and it's busy and it's great and I love it. But, you know, we don't work. We don't we don't live to work. OK, we work so that we can live. Right. And um, I've said this a 100 times. In fact, I've used the word societal expectations more than I can count. But if you if you think about this, if the goal is really to live well, then. I don't think sometimes it matters how you get to that point. I mean, nobody ever rolled up into my driveway and saw the all that I've accomplished and said, "Wow, man, what degree do you have?" or 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 you know, what 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 you know, what position? No. It's all about, you know, ask me how I ground this life out. I'm happy to tell you that. So, sometimes I don't think it's as important what you do for a living as it is what you do with what you do for a living. Because ultimately, no matter what you do, if all of that supports that picture that you want for yourself, then isn't that really the end game? I mean, at the end, if, you, if you're doing the scorecard, it's how much comfort, peace, and freedom did I have in my life? That's the real win. It's not how many hours I spent in school or how many hours a week I spent killing myself at my job or, um, you know, the, 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 the titles or whatever that I've acquired. No, it's what did I do with all that effort? Did I make myself a really amazing, cool life? And um, yeah, that's what I'm an advocate for. And that's what I try to do every day. Yeah. Well, can that being said, going back, do you do you agree with the way that you you did things at first when you talk about comfort, peace and freedom and, you know, going through the grind and, and putting your body through havoc, through the difficult circumstances, do you feel that that was of great benefits for you or have you since changed your mind? Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence, the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. No, I, I, would, I wouldn't do it any other way. I, I think that, first off, I think contributing, doing things with your hands is, is an amazing event. I mean, I, I think there's a lot more, you, you get a lot more from what I call the stand back moment. And that is, you know, whether you're building an outdoor kitchen or you're, you know, constructing something or fixing something or rescuing somebody from some situation that they have in their house or whatever it might be. I think the fact that you get to stand back at the end of the day and look at that situation and go, wow, I did that with my own two hands. You know, I did that myself. Mm -hmm. I just think that's a lot more effective than sitting in the 
15th floor of some building and saying, I sell medical supplies. I don't know how I fit in here. I'm sitting in a cubicle eight hours a day. So, I mean, to me, there's just no comparison there. And um, again, at, at the end of the day, I, I just feel it's so much about we don't do enough planning. I mean, we're, you know, April, we're so good at planning vacations, right? Where am I going to go? I'm going to the beach. I'm going to get my sandals and my bathing suit. I'm going to get my drink and my, my flip, you know, whatever, my, my copper tone suntan lotion. We all know what that smells like. And I'm going to get my music and my towel, whatever. Right. And I'm going to sit on the beach. Well, and then we anticipate that for three or four months, right? Spring break's coming. I can't wait to go to Florida or whatever. Well, if we're so good at anticipating a vacation, why aren't we good at anticipating every aspect of our life? Mm. Like when I'm going to get my next house, when I'm going to get my next car, when I'm going to get my pet, when I'm going to have my first child, when I'm going to, um, you know, give back to others, when I'm going to take care of my body or, or whatever any of those things might be. I, I, think, I think the anticipation of life is really what makes it worth living. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, um, you know, like, again, I, I hate to use these cause they're overused, but you know, life doesn't, you, you don't want life to happen to you. <laughs> you want to happen to your life. And I think, and setting these things in stone and setting them in on pathways and multiple pathways at the same time is the best way to anticipate life and have fun doing it. Oh, I think that's, again, going back to the end in mind and being really clear about that vision of what you want your life to look like. And you you express that the way that you envision your vacations and what does that feel like? Not only, you know, the excitement with it, but but truly going deeper into what does that feel like? The toes in the sand, the smell of the sun lotion, and to consider that for your own life. So it sounds to me, Ken, like you really guide people into that, that visionary process of what exactly it is that they want. And I want to I want to go back a little bit too because when we talk about your experiences in again the boots on the ground and the hard work and all of those things that have really shaped you into this incredible human being that you are today. That said, Ken, what are some of the things that you enjoy doing to to keep up with that physical aspect? Because you talked about how doing things with your hands and being able to be proud in those moments of I created this or I assisted with this. What are some of the things that you're doing now uh, to, to keep that enlivened? Well, you know, I, I have a, a really cool place. I have a big yard and there's a lot of things that to be done with it. There's always trees and there's trees to be chopped up or there's always something going on, plants to be planted, flowers to be done. So I do a lot of that myself because it's, it's kind of like my, my, you know, my chill down moment. So I do a lot of those kinds of things. I play a lot of golf, which means I'm walking about 20, 30 miles a week. Okay. So, um, I, I, I collect cars, so I, I like to race them around tracks and I, I love to do that kind of stuff that gets your heartbeat going. Like not a whole lot else does. Um, and, and I work out a lot. So, I mean, I just, I just try to keep really active. You know, um, they say that, you know, sitting is the new cancer. I'm standing right now talking to you and I do stand all day long. So, um, yeah, I just do all those kinds of things along with all the different types of blood analysis. I do blood checks three or four times a year. I do all the different types of scans that they have, even some of the new proactive health stuff, longevity stuff. I'm into all that. So yeah, it's, it's just a a lot of fun to keep the energy going because you need energy to do all these things. And uh, again, that's what life's all about. 
I think that that is really cool and keeping up with all of those new things and all the science with the blood work. Ken, what are some of the things that you can share with the audience that you have found most impactful for you? I would say as a, as someone who runs a company, I would say, let it go. Mm. Um, become as irrelevant to your company as you can, because not that you want to just walk away and, you know, not look at it anymore, go, go play golf and don't care. Not that it's the fact that the less relevant you are, the more time you have to think and to vision visualize and to do these types of things that drive your company forward. However, in order to be that person, you have to fill those gaps with other people around you. And um, the pure joy in all of that is to work as a collective and have everyone chasing what they want for themselves first and then what you want for your company second. So I would say letting go of, of you know, allowing me to truly run the business without it running me um, has been very impactful. And, and then the other thing I would tell you is your, your brain is much more powerful than you think it is on the visionary side, especially. And, and we don't learn, we're not taught vision in high school, which is pathetic. It's, and it's probably, I would consider it a little bit sad or dangerous even, because if, if, if you see something, and this is scientific now, if you see something, you know, enough times, something that you really want for yourself, you have these little electrodes that fire in your brain going back and forth. And the more you see it, the more those electrodes or those thought processes become one thought, become one constant stream of energy to the point where your brain now actually thinks it already owns this thing. And if that's true, then why aren't we using this power of our brain? Because it's free. It, it requires no training whatsoever. All you have to do is visualize something hard enough and your body will react in ways that it goes and gets those things. Um, knowing and having the response of, I really want something and allowing your brain to take you there is one of the coolest things that the human body can do. And I just think more people should be aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that that is an incredible aspect and it makes a lot of sense of why you concentrate a lot on that visionary aspect of when you're, when you're guiding and coaching others into the realm of possibility, right? Because the more that we concentrate on things and like you're talking about, we see it, then the more it's going to be coming to fruition. Yeah, there's a, there's a really cool study. I'll tell you about it as quick as I can. So um, it was Virginia Tech did this study. They took 100 people. They put them in a room. They said, raise your hand if you have really clear, crystal clear goals. Only 20 people raised their hand. So they moved the 80 out. They took the 20 and they said, okay, of the 20 remaining, how many of you have them documented in any way? Okay, written down. Only four people. And they said, okay, of the four people, move the, move the 16 out. How many of you have those? crystal clear picture format or drawn out or something on some type of a board on your wall where you can see it somewhere two, three times a day, one person. Okay. So one out of a hundred is willing to go that far. They track those people for the next 10 years. And that one person made nine times more money in the next 10 years than the rest of them all in that group. So not only is it free to do this, not only does it take no time or effort hardly at all to do this, but it ends up paying you to do it in the end. So the human brain is an amazing thing. We only use a small part of it. I'm just suggesting that we get to the rest of that and make a, a great life for ourselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and an incredible study. I love that there's so much science coming out around this and it, it makes it so much more powerful when we do describe it just like you did to an audience so they can really understand the power of that. So Ken, you've, you've written this awesome book, uh, Blue Collar Cash. And so I see it in the background. And so I would love for you to tell us what, what audience is that book for and why is it important that you, why do you feel of the importance of it to be out into the universe? Well, first off, um, my original title was called um, The Path, A Ditch Digger's Guide to Comfort, Peace, and Freedom. <laughs> but my publisher, HarperCollins, they, they had a bunch of titles. We were kicking a bunch of them around and the group decided on Blue Collar Cash. It's, it's, it's really, this book is really for anybody because it teaches you that no matter what you want to do for a career, it's not going to matter if you don't have a reason why you're doing it. So if you don't have that vision, if you don't have that board, if you don't have something you're staring at, watching, chasing, um, really connecting into your mind, inputting into your brain, then no matter what you do for a living, you're just going to be kind of bouncing around. So it, it's, it's really a book for anyone who says, I really want to know what my life is going to look like. I want to plan for what my life's going to look like. And then I'm going to go get it. The reason it's called blue collar cash is because what most people don't realize is there are so many hundreds of amazing high paying. And I mean, six figure high paying blue collar jobs that are just going unfilled right now because everybody thinks it's college or else. And mm. so I wanted to call attention to that because so many kids are just getting thrown into this corral, if you will, of, well, I guess I got to go to college because everybody else is. Um, but again, they're, they're, they're forgetting about degrees or I'm sorry, careers in, in the military, just working right out of high school and starting your own company, a tech school, a trade school, um, apprenticeships, all these kinds of things that are also uh, in that uh, starter group um, to get to get your life started. And I, I think so many people miss that. And I just wanted to call attention to those things are still alive and well today. Yeah, absolutely. Ken, what are you most passionate about right now? And what's next for you? Well, I always have a lot of things going, April. We're going to build another headquarters for our company. It'll be the fourth one. I'm so good at picking out how big I need our building to be that I'm on my fourth one. <laughs> um, there's lots of things. I, you know, I continually try to work on my golf game. I'm, I just became a grandfather for the first time. So I can't wait to see what happens with uh, little Vivian Rose. And, Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. She's only three weeks old and it's it's been amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm, there, there's a lot of things that we've got going. I, I, I'm passionate about, I will tell you this, I'm passionate about work hard, play hard. Okay. I want you to work hard, but I want you to play hard. And that play hard better be at least 50% of your life, not all of it. Okay. So um, work as hard as you can so you can make amazing moments because, you know, it's not the house, the car, it's not the boat or the golf clubs. It's not any of that. It's not the thing, April. It's the memories that you create with those things that you carry with you. The pictures that you take that my whole office is surrounded by pictures of things I've done. The pictures that you take are really how you, I, how I, how you would keep score at the end of your life by saying, look at all the cool, fun things, the great memories and the love and the appreciation I've had for, and the gratitude for all of it. I think that's the real scorecard in your life at the end. Oh, I like that. The real scorecard. That's really great for life. 
Ken, thank you. It's been awesome to have you. I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you. www.kenrusk.com. That's K-E-N-R-U-S-K.com for those of you listening in. And Ken, again, it's been awesome to have you and your, your story and all the things that you're creating in the world today. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience today? You know, so many people read books and then they put them up on a shelf and then nothing ever happens, right? So I didn't want that to happen. So I created a really inexpensive course that goes along with the book. It's literally eight sessions at 45 minutes a session. You could do it in a weekend if you really wanted to. But what it does is it forces you to take what you read in the book and apply it to your life this afternoon, like right now, not tomorrow or the next day or someday, but like right now. And, um, you know, I've seen these courses for 500, 800, 2000. No, this isn't about that. It's $149 for this course. You get a free $25 book with it. And um, I tend to donate the money I get from the course and the book to charities anyway. So if you help yourself, decide to help yourself, just know you're going to be helping someone else at the same time. Pretty cool idea to do this time of year. As a matter of fact, if you know someone that could use a little direction, you can actually give it to somebody else as a gift. So um, yeah, I hope people would go check it out. And um, again, just know that if you help yourself, you're going to be helping someone else in the process. So Wonderful. This is the perfect time of year to be doing that. And yes, accountability is something and, and something to work with along with that book is always something that's of an extraordinary value. Not everybody who has written a book has something to be able to do that with where you can continue on in that process because it takes time. It takes a lot of time to really go through that self-development and the next stage of bettering ourselves. Yeah, it, it's so true. And, and you know, again, be that 1% person that's willing to go that far. It's not difficult to get, mm -hmm. out, a, to get out a poster board and some crayons and draw what you want your life to look like is not rocket science, okay? Mm -hmm. To get some magazines and cut out pictures and paste them to that board is not rocket science, but it's so powerful and it's free. And it, it allows this machine you have, this computer to be fully utilized, you're called your brain, and to drag you into things almost involuntarily the way you want your life to look like. It's so much fun um, and it's so powerful. So I, I would implore everybody to go ahead and, and give that a shot. You'll be, you'll be glad you did. I agree with you. You will be glad you did. And again, be one of the 1%. Thank you so much, Ken. It has been awesome to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your insight with the audience. And thank you to the audience for being here. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So we appreciate you greatly. And again, for all of you, Goodbye for now. We will see you next time.